0: The first thing I would tell her is to be kind to herself because I was really hard on myself and it still gives me tears like I felt like I had failed my kid I felt like I should have known be kind to yourself love yourself this will work out do not even think about the academics of the traditional school right now meet your child where they are have lots of bubble tea and coffee and walks. And I don't know, whatever your kid is into, meet them where they are, that you can just start building their heart back and their self-esteem back and love them in the broken.
1: Welcome to the Homeschool CEO Podcast, the podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs who want to successfully homeschool their kids while running a profitable business. In this podcast, we'll reveal the truth of what it really looks like behind the scenes of an entrepreneur who homeschools and how to make it all work. If you're an entrepreneur who currently homeschools or you want to start, you are in the right place, my friend. With 16 years experience combining entrepreneurship with homeschooling, I'm your host, Jen Myers, and this is the Homeschool CEO Podcast. Before we get started today, I want to share a quick disclaimer. Today's podcast covers some sensitive issues that some of our listeners may find triggering. Please use extreme caution if your audience includes any littles or anyone who may be sensitive to talking about things like mental health topics, such as bullying and trauma. With that being said, I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Homeschool CEO podcast. The reality is our kids are growing up in a hard world, and chances are either your own child or one of their friends has experienced trauma from bullying that has resulted in mental health issues like suicide, depression, even cutting. Just because we homeschool does not mean our kids will not deal with challenges. In fact, maybe you're like today's guest who started homeschooling because of these types of challenges. Today's guest is Candace Duggar from Bully Broken Redeemed, and she is joining us to talk about her son's mental health and homeschooling journey. Six years ago, Candace pulled her son out of public school as a result of horrific bullying, and today we are talking about his experience and how that affected his mental health, how they've spent the last six years healing from it, and how they are now on a mission to equip leaders, both adult and children on all aspects of Gen Z bullying and mental health for kids. Today's talk is empowering and inspirational, but you might want to grab a tissue because there were some tears in today's talk. In fact, we're talking about some hard topics that many homeschool communities are scared to even acknowledge. So with that being said, grab your box of tissues and grab a notebook because you'll want to take notes so you know how to be best equipped to really deal with and help the kids in your life. Let's dive in. All right, Candace, welcome to the show today. I'm so excited to have you.
0: Thank you, Jen. I could not be more excited to be here with you.
1: All right. Just to kind of give everybody a little bit of a preface of where we are coming from, Candace and I met through the homeschool CEO community. No, actually it wasn't. It's when somebody that you hired reached out to me for the reimagined education,
0: right? Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. where we met? That's how we met. Yeah. So we were putting on Reimagine education conference, which is really dear to my heart. It helps families moving from public, public or private school to homeschool. And it's really those who never thought they would homeschool. Those who don't feel they fit into a homeschool conference right and I was like I'm looking I'm a working mom like my kids both have businesses I have a business who can you help me who I hired I was like who can you help me find who can talk more on this topic because I I'm you know I'm doing this but I want an expert she's like oh man do I have the person for you and boy did she nail it that is you Jen all day long like you support your community so beautifully and that's how we met and it's been probably Almost a year ago now.
1: That's what I was just thinking. I think we're probably coming up on our one-year uh, friendiversary. Friendiversary. I, mean, I think that. <laughs> All right, Candace. For those in our audience who haven't had the privilege of meeting you yet, tell us a little bit more about who you are.
0: So my name is Candace Stugger, and as you may have gotten in my intro, I am the never-wanted-to-homeschool homeschool mom, who is now the biggest advocate ever. I used to run really large corporations, teams, multi-billion-dollar company teams outside of Washington, D.C., in the financial world, and loved it, but I had a very serious health issue that put me on bed rest, and guys, I don't mean like six months, I mean like three to five years, really sick, and it was during that time that I feel God really used that time to slow me down and see how much pain my own son was going through. A kid who was happy and joyful and a zest for life and education and learning turned to someone who was broken and hurting and angry and really got to the point that he didn't even have any will to live. And so we ended up, he was in seventh grade, we ended up pulling the plug and homeschooling him and you guys can hear more about that story later, but we ended up homeschooling him. Not only do I believe it saved his life, and, and I don't mean that in a light sense, I mean literally, but the opportunities that it has shown me when I got out outside of what I thought homeschooling was, right? once I really understood that, it's really leaped us forward, and so I run two businesses. I own Bully Broken Redeemed, and we help equip leaders, parents, and youth on all aspects of Gen Z bullying. So we cover it all, the hard stuff, from gaming bullying, cyber bullying, revenge porn, we dive into some hard issues, along with adult bullying, online, how are people coming at you and your businesses, we take workplace bullying, we cover all of that, along with mental health and social media addiction. And then I own Reimagine Education Conference, which is how we met, helping families figure out how do they do this in a way that honors their family, and their work and their business, and they may not want to sit at the table all day long with their kids teaching. And so we, we show them what really is out there. And so that's what we do. It's probably a lot, Jen, but that's what we do.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's so many facets to you, Candace. That's why I love you. Literally. I, I feel like we could do an entire series on all of the different faces of Candice in homeschooling and what that looks like but today, we want to dig really deep into a hard topic. And I know I already said this in the introduction, but I want to state it again. I know Candace wants to state some things too. What we're going to talk about is sensitive and it's for
0: educational purposes only. Yes. Candace, I know that you wanted to share a disclosure before I we do. Go I do. So, guys, first, we are going to be talking about some issues today that if you have littles in the room or kids, you may not want to hear talking about really intense issues in mental health. Some of the dark places that happen, I want to make sure that you're, you know, take some time to make sure you're not listening to this with little ones around that you might not want to be hearing these conversations. Second of all, this is for educational purposes only. This is not a replacement for your therapies or your counseling. I'm not there in your home with you. Please, if anything resonates in this or you have some warning signs or concerns, seek help and dive deep because This podcast could really maybe bring up some awareness some red flags that you maybe didn't know were there. Don't wait. Dive in. Ask for help. You're always welcome to reach out to my team, but if you need to seek professional help, make sure you do that. That is not what this is. This is a place for us to have a conversation as parents and to be able to really share my heart with you and to talk about some things we've done that have really helped our journey.
1: All right, thank you so much, and Candice. I just want to say that I'm so appreciative of your transparency and just authenticity and vulnerability to be able to talk about what we're getting ready to dive into. So we talked a little bit earlier in the introduction, and we talked about where we are going with this podcast. And some of this podcast was born out of just the struggles that you had in your own family, but also some struggles that we see coming up in the homeschool CEO community because not all of us start our homeschooling journey with a five-year-old who is excited to learn and our whole goal is to unleash this potential in them and ignite this fire for learning. Sometimes we start homeschooling with a child who's you know feeling broken and vulnerable and from a place of pain. Yeah. So can you
0: tell us a little bit more about how you started homeschooling? I can. So our homeschool journey started um probably six years ago now, and it was really a difficult place, Jen. My son was in public school, and he was gone from a kid who was happy and joyful and a full joy of life to hurting and really in a bad place. And guys, at the time, I thought, hey, maybe we're dealing with typical 12-year-old behavior, right? Like, where is this preteen, teen attitude coming in? And then you think maybe it's that, maybe it's the friends they're hanging out with. But I started seeing some warning signs that were incredibly concerning. And I don't mean just coming home and going to his room, but the way he was dressing, his behavior, his mannerisms, so many things that I started to see And the language that he was using that was self-defeating every day. And we all have moments where we're like, I'm stupid, I'm this, I'm that. But we're talking really heavy stuff. And I knew we had a problem. But I'll be honest with you, even at the time, I didn't know how bad it was. And it's taken my son several years. It probably took two years before he was at a point that he would even share so much of that deep pain. Because a lot of shame can come out of situations when you're dealing with, for us, it was horrific bullying, and guys, I, I cannot even, it's so hard for parents like us, Jen, to even understand, to even have the vocabulary, the language to what kids are dealing with in the last 10 years. Since the rise of social media, we don't even have this vocabulary almost, but it's 24-7 in their cyberbullying, and gaming bullying, they're texting their friends, what can be done to these kids, and their mindset was horrific, and it broke his will to live and it took us a while to really make a change but it was one day and, and honestly it wasn't wasn't all the bullying but it was a combination of bullying and my son has dyslexia dysgraphia some learning differences the combination of that with what he spent 80% of his day in public school working on what he didn't do well, broke that spirit. Just every day it was focus on what you're not doing well to get better so he could test. And you get to a point you wonder, is there, where do I even fit in? I'm not good enough anywhere, right? And then you are friend groups or peer groups or people are telling you they'd be better off if you weren't here. You really get to a point that you don't wanna live. And so when we brought him home, some really dark days for our family. I And we had been seeing counselors and therapy. Like we had, we had had the whole team and we had done all of that. But even when we brought him home, geography alone doesn't fix that. It was a tool. Homeschooling was a tool to help us, but it did not fix it. And I want people to understand that. Homeschooling does not isolate you from the world, Right. Because I got, you gotta remember, half of that was still happening on cyberbullying and gaming bullying and in his world. And one of the biggest misconceptions is that homeschoolers don't deal with these issues. And it is a complete false. Look at how many of our kids are taking classes online or are playing or different things. It happens in co-ops, it happens in churches, it happens in schools. And I think one of the biggest breaking points for my son was he was going to school and the same kids at church youth group were the same ones that were abusing him in the school were also abusing him at the church, right? They're in your circles. They're in your community and you can't escape it. And so we think as parents we're doing right. We've got them in youth group and they're going to this and we're good. Boy, was I wrong. And so we brought him home and um, those first couple of years, and it was not a short journey. Those first couple years were hard, it was really hard. Academically, he felt like, I, just to get him to do stuff, he just felt like he was never gonna get there. But um, the mental health aspect was so scary. There were nights I slept with my door open, right? We were very concerned about him and as a parent, you can really feel isolated. And for so many parents out there right now during the pandemic, we have a huge problem with suicide in our youth. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for kids 10 and up, young. And in our organization, Jen, I have kids as young as seven years old who have come to us with full suicide plans, seven. Babies, these are babies. I mean, that's intense, right? It's
1: hard. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard my story, but one of the reasons I'm so passionate, Candace, about um, building the community for our kids is because a friend of mine, when I was 11 years old, actually, I was 10, he was 11, hung himself in his room, you know, because he was, he, he was homeschooled. Um, I wasn't homeschooled, but he was. And uh, just there's so many, like, I'm so glad that you said homeschooling does not shelter our children from this. Mm-mm. You know, this little boy had been homeschooled his entire life. His family were evangelists. They traveled all over preaching, and you would think this little boy was welcomed into all of these churches, but things were happening outside of it. You know, he felt isolated. He felt alone. There's all of these, you know, this gamut of all these feelings for these kids that we need to meet them where we are, and we need to equip parents on how well, we can process this alongside of our church, you know, alongside of our children and just love them and help them get to where they need to be. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so sad, but so needed. It's, it is? well, it is. It is. And I don't think that, number one, you know, I am a Christian, but I think as a Christian community, we do a poor job. Poor would probably be like maybe a bar higher than where we are, but we do such a horrible job at talking about. Raw pain, and when you look at it from the demographics, because a lot of these kids are dealing with bullying or mental health, cyberbullying, gaming bullying, revenge porn. Where do we even talk to our kids about these difficult issues they're feature- they're dealing with, and how do we equip them not only if they're on the side of maybe for lack of a better? word to make it clear, the victim or the one who's persecuting, this whole group in the middle who has so much power. How do we equip them with the power to know what to say? How do we equip them to raise up and be leaders who are going to make effective change in the mission field and in their churches and in their schools and in their workplace? Because 80% of adults say they're dealing with workplace bullying, right? So how, if we don't teach them as homeschoolers even, one area and the reason i started teaching classes and teaching in the homeschool world this is one place we do really worse than public education at least public education kids are getting some curriculum on it it may not be great or it may not be what i taught but the reality is there's some <laughs> what are we teaching how are we equipping them with the tools and the leadership skills to attack these 2021 problems and so it's it a is, big it problem it is a big
1: problem So we have two sets of kids. Well, we have like multiple sets, but let's talk about two of them today. Yeah. So let's talk about it in the lens of your journey with your son and bringing him home Mm -hmm. and having him in this, just this place of pain and brokenness. What were some of the steps that you did to, where did you meet him there? And what are the things that you did Mm -hmm. to really help him take the journey? Cause now he's, you know, 17. So we have, we have five, almost six years worth of this journey can you kind of just walk us through what the beginning days look like and how our parents can walk
0: forward? So, here's where I'm going to say I was grateful I went to school for psychology. I will be 100% sure. And I will also be really glad that I did not go to school for education. So, let me tell you why I say that, because I think I would have put my educational teacher lens on and said, we need to, da, 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 da. right? What I saw was a child who was broken who did not, even though this kid could speak three languages Jen before he was five, I knew he was bright, but he wouldn't write a sentence for me. He wouldn't do basic math. He was, this was an internal thing we had to fix. So when I brought him home, the first thing I started on and then I helped many families look on are the three S's. Does your child feel safe and secure? Do they feel there's structure in place? And do we have support? Very first thing, day one. And I even started building that before we started homeschooling because when families are in crisis, if you can number one, make sure the child feels safe. And obviously where he was, he wasn't because he was being assaulted. Like horrible things were happening to this kid. So could we put him in a place that he felt safe, right? That he could process some of these things. Did I create structure? instability like a routine guys and the reason for that is your brain you guys remember when the pandemic hit how everybody was mentally exhausted because you're having to redo all these things you're not physically exhausted but you're having to redo all the structure so if they're waking up at the same time and eating at the same time and still going to sports if there's some rhythm in the day the brain can relax and it's still processing all these new things but it's not processing all those new things on top of it so keep some structure and then put support in place. And what does that support look like? Do they need counselors or therapists? Do they need to maybe go off with grandparents for a weekend or aunts or uncles or close friends? Do they need some other support besides mom and dad to talk to, right? Where in their community can they go? And they may not be talking about their pain, but they're connecting. And the reason for that, one of the tools we teach in our Bully Broken is we want them to eat for their mental health. And what that means is that we want them really focusing on balance, of being able to communicate with other people, right? We need to be in community. We need to have activity and movement in our day so that we're keeping balance. And we also need to make sure, are we thinking or serving others? Then we're getting out of our own way we're moving forward. So do that. Then I needed to build up his self-confidence. was really broken, right? This had nothing to do with his ability. This had to do with his confidence. And so we started doing what I knew he loved. I knew he loved history. He did three years, Jen, of high school history in eighth grade. Three years of high school history because he was used to spending an hour and a half in a classroom. He burned through it. Now he hated math and he hated these other things, but I could let him dive into history. And now the kid's taking 107 level college classes. Right now, he started those at like 16 because he had passion for it. So focus on what your kid loves. We did wilderness survival. My kids take blacksmith classes. He started a business he now has three businesses because he i knew this kid loves money (laughs) i knew i i mean let's just be honest my other kid he will never sell a book ever for wanting money because money does not motivate that kid know your kid's motivation but this kid loves money so could i help him find a way to build a business to start um really finding and identifying himself and finding wins and so I flipped the educational model upside down. We spent 80% our day on what he did really well and 20% on what he needed to improve on instead of what school was doing, 80% on what he didn't do well and 20% that he was okay with. Flipped it upside down. And then even in that 20%, guys, this kid had to have 10 wins somewhere before I would introduce one concept that was like, hey, let's go work on this a little bit more. Let's work on exponents. Let's work on fractions. Let's work on whatever. Because he, if I had approached it from that perspective, he shut down. He could not take more criticism. And why would we want to do that to somebody? I mean, for me, I don't want to show up at my job and somebody tell me how awful I am every day. I'm going to quit that job or I'm going to find another job. I don't want to do that, Jen. So that's how we really started our journey. Um, and it will look nothing like your journey or anyone else's, but it's what he needed, right? He needed to get him. Even in the beginning, Jen, to get him to read it all for me. He loves football. He's been doing football for nine years now. He's um, being recruited for like D1, D2 football. I would have him watch games, read reports, give me statistics. He didn't realize he was doing math and writing opinion pieces. He didn't realize that. He got to be a broadcaster and record for me he, how he'd put out pieces. He watched things and analyzed. He had no idea the learning that was happening. He had absolutely no idea he was running statistics in his mind, but he was learning to do that. We learned about the different turf fields. He had no idea he was doing science. He's learning about the grass. He had no idea. We just didn't call it that. We just said, you love this, let's dive in and learn about it. And then over time, all of those skills built. And so that's how we learned.
1: (laughs) I just want to point out, Candice, because anybody who's been around homeschool CEO for, I don't know, like 30 seconds, knows one of the things I say is teach to your children's strengths, not to their weaknesses because traditional education flips it backwards and they're like, Oh, you su- You know, you struggle with dyslexia. Let me give you more reading practice. You struggle with handwriting with dysgraphia. Let me give you more papers to write. Like it doesn't make any sense. And then we have these kids that come with their self-confidence destroyed because the traditional school is so busy focusing on their weaknesses and what their challenges are. Well, totally ignoring this yeah. incredibly bright, talented child with all these strengths. My one son who also has dyslexia and right. dysgraphia um, struggled with so many things, but you know what he was really good at was ra- he loved rap music. So he would write raps and that's how he learned ri- reading and writing and all of these things by was by creating these incredible raps and you know, rather than saying, well, that's not school. I said, well, it's poetry. And so, so we,
0: we dug deep. Yeah, it is poetry. We learned poetry by Tupac. Are you kidding me? Like I taught poetry by Tupac. And I love I'm it. like, that is poetry. Don't even start. Don't even come up in my class and tell me it's not. I love it. Love it. Okay. So you
1: start building self-confidence in him. Where did you start to turn in that journey where all of a sudden you started to see kind of yeah. that bridge of Wow. This is not
0: a broken about a year, a year, okay. a year and a half. It was about 18 months guys. It really was. So we pulled him out probably end of May. Like he didn't really even finish the end of the seventh grade. I remember I'd gone to a homeschool conference and I really, was like, it was after that day. I was like, I'm not sending him back. Cause I don't see any value. Like he'd gone enough. We started and we started then, but we started building. And so the all of eighth grade, we what we did was we built connection, Jen. We spent so much time together on field. Now, my other son who is on the spectrum, my son, my youngest son has autism. He's twelve. At the time, he was probably six, seven. Like he was a little guy. He, we left him in public school so I could focus on, which it, which I'll tell you guys that story in a minute. Worst choice I ever made was leaving him there. But I spent the time with my son that we needed. I needed that time with him. Um, We did field trips one or two times a week. Now, I live near DC, so we could use the Smithsonian's and the museums, and we were out learning. We were taking apprenticeship classes. We were, I mean, it was a busy time, but we bonded together and we created a new community for him, and so we let him have wins and fails that were just, it wasn't graded. It wasn't recorded. It was life. It was real life, right? So, I would say it was a year and a half. After that, he did start taking classes. So where we live, we have before the pandemic, 14,000 homeschoolers within 45 minutes of me. So we have a lot of enrichment. We have a lot of enrichment schools. We have a lot of co-ops, pickup classes. So we started letting him take one and two classes at a time. And then he started to realize, okay, every homeschooler doesn't play the harp and have 17 kids. It's fine. I can fit in over here because literally he cried. The first day we went to our first homeschool thing, I thought he was going to jump out the car. He was like, I'm not going to fit in. They're all, because he thought it was what he'd seen on TV. And here we are, none of our friends homeschool, none of our neighbors homeschool, like no one. And so he's like, I'm not going to fit in. It's going to be horrible. Yet they saw him in the way I see him as a leader, as an athlete, as somebody who brought a lot of talent and a different perspective. And they they really embraced him and he ended up quickly just kind of being their little leader of the group because he brought something different that they weren't seeing all the time, right? Like it was like, oh, Brandon's got all these cool things to talk about and different things going on. And so then he started to like it. And then after one success, we had two successes and three successes. And so after that 18 months going in our second year is when I really turned on and started pushing. And that kid was taking 12 credits at a time building his business. Oh yeah, mom turned on the gas because I knew he was ready. I knew and my my philosophy is mental health before math, character before curriculum. If you're dealing with mental health issues, you have no business sitting down with math right now. If you're dealing with character issues, you have no business worrying about your curriculum. And so it's a huge problem. And so Once I knew those were good, not that I wasn't getting a little attitude here and there, but once I knew those were good, I was like, you can do this. And I needed to call him up to his calling. And I was continually breathing life into this kid, but it was time for me to show him how far he was going to go in this world. And guys, to give you a little leap forward, and I try to do this without crying, but a little leap forward, that kid who when I brought home at 12 did not want to write one sentence for his mama, barely could do basic math. Today... He applied for his first college um, probably a month ago now. I guess he got accepted a month ago now. He got over a six-figure academic scholarship for all four years. Presidential awards, grant scholarships. That's not even athletics. That's just his academics. He's taking three college classes, runs three businesses, was speaking at the American, or really working at the American Association of Christian Counselors in 2019, booked through 2023 and what we do, writing programs, content, workshops, because I didn't push him. I dealt with the problems we had to deal with first, and then I ignited a flame under him when he was ready to go. When I knew the car was running and it wasn't going to break down on the road, then I put the right fuel in the tank and I sent him down the road. I didn't try to baby it along. I tried to build it to a place of balance first, and I think that's one thing that so many parents miss. Homeschooling can be a beautiful tool to help your child Dealing with anxiety or mental health or any really, any trauma. I mean, my goodness, most of the families I work with, they're, they're not coming to homeschooling because that was so great. They didn't run over here because everything was beautiful over there. They came here because that was broken. Do not bring that over here. You need a completely new model. If you take the schooling model and try to bring it to a true education, it will stay broken, And so that's my advice to parents. And so now I help parents do that. We work with them. But Jen, one thing I didn't talk about during this period, I want you guys to remember, we were in serious crisis of his mental health. So during that time, I also built playlists, music playlists for him, crisis plans. We did art therapy. We're out with horses. He didn't realize how many therapies were being built into his day because he wasn't ready to step in a therapist's office. So how did mom do that, right? We're out in nature a lot and we're doing grounding and we're learning breath work and we're doing his own things of of music and teaching him how to connect to different sounds and music when his brain's in a place of imbalance. And so now we teach other families how to do that because a lot of times our kids won't walk in the door. They're not ready to even go there. So we start where you, you, you meet them where they're at and sometimes that might be nothing more than teaching your kids what music resonates them and makes them feel happy and then having them create an entire playlist so when they're down they can push play on their own without you. like teach them the tools they need for success along the way. And so those two years a lot of that um, special sauce was added into the plan.
1: Did that come from your
0: experience in the psychology world? So it did, but I used to run big teams. And so I took a lot of my business sense of what does it take to grow leaders? It's a lot of the same stuff, right? What does it take to, for your affirmations and your plans and your vision board? Like All of that stuff can be packaged in business and in any way. What it really is, is how do we live a balanced, fulfilled life? What tools do we need to live a balanced, fulfilled life? We don't need to wait until somebody's down the road to do that, we do that today, right? So my child needed those tools. He had gotten on a bus at 6.37 in the morning, gone to school, come home at three o'clock, done home. He didn't, wasn't learning those tools. So we're teaching nutrition and balanced meals and we're teaching how to really engage our activities and, and being able to self-awareness of our bodies in our minds when we need to hit the pause button when we can go further right really honoring how we're built instead of just being busy right so so i do think a lot of it jim was probably my psychology but i think i brought as much it from the business aspect as anything else like you can hear all that it's just it's how you're taught and spun to you where you're at in the moment and so so many people just don't even think about their future or their goals or their vision. I mean, this kid, I remember riding in the car with him and going, what do you want to do in your future? And his answer was, I'm just going to take any got- job somebody will give me. I have to be able to fill out an application. That's where he was. Like, I'm, I'll never go to college was his answer when he was 13. Like, I'll never go to college. I just need to be able to write well enough that somebody will give me a job. I don't know. Maybe I can work at Chick-fil-Life. If if I can figure out how to fill out an application, I'll just do that in my life. Mm -hmm. And that's where he was. Mm -hmm. But he needed to see himself as value. He needed to see that he had a purpose in life to bring to the world. He had to see that what he was creating and all the pain he had gone through, he could now help other people. And so one of the biggest sayings we have in our foundation is hurt people hurt people, but healed people help others heal. And so we bring that place of healing and empowerment for others. You may have come from a place of broken, but now when you're in the right place, you are going to bring so many people along with you on that journey.
1: Oh, that is so, so, so powerful and really takes us into the next question. So for those of our kids who are on that other side, you know, they're not necessarily in that broken state, state, but they're seeing it happen around that how can we as parents really speak into them or maybe they have a sibling that this has happened to like your younger one watch this happen to his older brother how do we start to really equip them and raise them up as
0: leaders to be that defender that can help these other kids so the first thing I do and actually this is an excellent question because I've been teaching this workshop for a couple of years now and The biggest thing that I found is that kids don't have the vocabulary. They know it when they see it, but we don't equip them with the vocabulary to be able to call it out and know what tools to stand forward. So we actually teach everything from identifying and I'll give you guys a a really easy like 101. One of the first things we do is when we're starting to talk to kids about bullying is, is this behavior, we call it ARP, is this behavior aggressive? Is it repetitive or a strong threat? And is it a power imbalance? That means you're dealing with bullying. We also have to teach our kids the difference, Jen, between conflict resolution, like conflict. What's the difference between bullying and conflict? Conflict's gonna happen. You and I may have conflict, but we have conflict resolution tools. Do we equip our children with conflict resolution tools to be able to work with their siblings? do we? Do we teach them and empower them of how do they handle people online or how to present themselves? And when they see a friend doing that, what are the steps they take to do it? And so I wish I could tell you that all quickly because it's 16 lessons. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. But I think the biggest thing is starting with the vocabulary, teaching them what they need to know, making sure that you're teaching them from a perspective of, I never teach from a perspective of, so you're bullied. Here we go. It's, um, We don't do that. It's always from empowering them to be future leaders because I'm always calling kids up. Like it does not matter. We're empowering people. And so how do we empower them with the vocabulary and the tools so that even when they see a friend in crisis, they can deal with it? So things that we just several of the tools that we talked about there. We teach them critical thinking skills so that they can see a few steps ahead because that's a big one that people miss, right? They're looking here, but sometimes we need to take this a little bit out. We also deal with tough subjects, Jen and I, like adults bully. There are a lot of kids whose parents are bullying or teachers are bullying or leaders are bullying and they need to know how do they deal with that in the moment and then how do we process that and what can I do if I'm ever in this situation? And that's, that's not easy, but to me it all begins with having an honest conversation and education. Can we open these conversations so that also parents and the kids know, if I have a friend who's dealing with some of these signs, I may need to notify somebody that they're dealing with a mental health crisis because it could save their life, right? But if they don't know that depression can be more than suicide notes, if they don't know those warning signs, then they don't know what to look for or who to tell. They may have a sense of it. They may feel it, but they may not have the vocabulary to tell you. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, and so it would be, hey mom, I'm worried about my brother because I've seen dun, 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 right? Like what are these steps that I'm seeing? If they don't even know they're an issue, how do they deal with it? And also when they're dealing with gaming bullying or they're having a troll or somebody attacking them or a for like attaching them in a game, how do they deal with that? What, do, what can they do? The average age of gaming bullying is nine years old. Most children at nine cannot figure out how to put a balanced meal on a plate. They surely cannot figure out how they're going to deal with conflict when their brain is unable to process it. And so when you practice these things before it happens, then you've equipped people. To deal with it you can't learn in the middle of crisis you have to prepare ahead of time right like we don't prepare for the hurricane in the hurricane we need to prepare for it before it hits land and so that's kind of how we try to help equip everyone
1: so a couple of questions one at what age should we start equipping our kids with the vocabulary and
0: tools this is going to shock many of you out there would you believe that bullying starts at three
1: wow Actually, I would. I would because my son, who's on the spectrum, he went to a private preschool and I remember him coming home and he was bullied at, he was four. He's four years old and I still, he Mm -hmm. to this day, this child is. And
0: and that was a while ago. Seriously. (laughs) So we may see it. He is
1: now 21 years old and to this day, every once in a while, he'll say, Remember that kid? He'll call the kid by name. Hasn't seen him Mm -hmm. since he was four years old, but it made such an impact on his his ability like his self-confidence and we've worked through so many things so yes actually i would 100 percent believe that so so early
0: young 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 um the class i just released is middle and high schooler. so i'm gonna go with 11 12 and up our next class is fourth grade is a new middle school because whatever you and i dealt with in that seventh through ninth tenth grade mark is what kids third through fifth are dealing with it is that big of a difference right you have sending nudes by fourth grade fifth grade right like we are dealing with a whole different generation and what we dealt with in early elementary is really preschool and so we start we have several series one Luke the lionhearted is about a kindergartner but we walk parents through we pick kindergarten because many parents have a hard time with pre-K, but they're trying to prepare them before they launch. So we start there and teaching kids words and saw just what does this mean? How do I know if somebody's picking on me? And then we start to talk about the difference between what is really bullying in childhood conflict, right? There's that difference. It makes it, we, so we have those conversations. And then we, the biggest thing is being a safe place that if your child comes to talk to you, you are not freaking out and taking everything away. If you guys want the surefire way for your kids to never come tell you anything again, take away the phones and all the stuff and start grabbing for the electronics as punishment because they've come to give you a piece of their heart and a piece of their shame and a piece of their pain. That is one of the most more precious than any stone or gem I could ever give you. That piece of information may save their life. If you take that and do things like I did, and I will tell you I was the first one, well, maybe if you're nicer to them, or what did you do first, or all of these things that I didn't realize at the time was making things worse. If we don't stop and really honor that that person is in pain and they're trusting you, The best thing I can tell you parents to do is stop. You can be freaking out inside. Like it is okay to freak out inside. The storm can happen, but they are reading your body language. They are reading your tone. Your eyes, your kids are very bright. Stop, like take that pregnant pause. It is okay. Take a deep breath and say, wow, that must be really hard. Would you tell me more? And then shush. You don't have to fix it. They don't need you to come in and rescue them in that moment because you don't have all the information you do to even advise them in that moment, right? You've seen like like this part of the movie. You haven't seen the full piece. So pause. Let them share with you because what they tell you next might be a vital piece that you don't have. And you also haven't gained their trust. That Beginning initial conversation is gaining their trust. So when you work with your kids about teaching at home or you're introducing curriculum or you're reading books together, or you're watching movies and talking about different ways, you've been a safe person that they feel they can at least, you're aware the issue happens and if they come to you, you're gonna talk it out, right? You're not gonna run off to everybody like mama bear willing to rip their you know, face off because <laughs> they've hurt your kid. Because a lot of times that actually, and it happened to us, put my son's life in danger. It put him in a position from retaliation bullying that was horribly worse and put his life in actually physical danger. But I didn't know, right? So what you don't know, you have to actually have an effective plan and documentation before you kinda jump over your head. So. That's where you just need more information, and then together you can tackle it, and there's a difference between tackling it with a 16-year-old and tackling it with a six-year-old. You're never going to leave your child in a situation of being physically harmed, but you may need more information so that you can approach people in the correct way, because you may not have it,
1: right? Absolutely. I can just hear some of our moms that are listening to this right now going, You know, I feel like there might be something a little bit off, but I don't, I don't know, like, what am I looking at? Because like you said, when your son was in sixth grade, you knew you had a problem or you thought you might have a problem, but you didn't really understand how extreme it was or what you're looking for. What are some signs that our parents can look for and identify and say, this needs to be looked at a little bit further?
0: Yes. Isolation, withdraw, change of friends. Change of clothing, that's a big one. If your kids have gone from maybe shorts and a t-shirt to full hoodies and long sleeve, are you dealing with cutting? Are you dealing with some other issues that they're covering up or bruises on their body, right? Have you seen anything that you think might be um, stepping into maybe drug use of some kind? Substance abuse, addiction issues. Are you seeing anything that's coming up that's not balanced there in addiction? Have they had passions or interests they have always done? and now they're walking away from, right? Is there some group that they always hang hung with that they're walking away from and leaving? Did they used to play, for example, our younger kids, did they used to play Minecraft all the time with all these kids and now they won't even touch it or go near it, right? You might think, oh, wow, that's great, less screen time, but is there something going on there in that group where they always hanging out with four or five kids and now they don't talk about them at all? How is their language and their meaner? Is their eating changing? Have they gone from either not eating to binge eating or are they withdrawing and not touching anything at all? Those are some of the things that you are just a few of them. But just some of the things that if you know it's off, trust your gut. There's probably something there, right? Now, I'm a big advocate of um, bark, Um A lot of parents want to know now for ios it's i think anything as we all know in the security world apple has done such a great job of protecting things it's always easier on androids and other devices than apple but if your kids are on social media or gaming or other things you know consider making sure have you looked at your kind of just even putting limits on things right do you have anything that's alerting you if People, if words are being sent out, do you have a system in place that you're being notified that something could be seriously wrong? And there are some groups out there like Bark is one of them that you can put on your children's phone. And so if they're texting friends messages that may be suicidal, even in thought, the parent can get a notification without having to read all of their children's messages. You just get notified when it's like these keywords are popping up. And so it sends the parent, hey, you need to kind of look into this and so kind of barks at you like an alarm dog
1: okay that's fascinating i did not know that and you said it's bark like be like boy okay. a r k, b a r k, like a dog
0: literally it's like the morning like a dog barking all right well I learned something yeah so do, it's kind of it's a it's it is out there you can put it on your kids phones and then well it can do everything from monitor their location setting on and off apps you can turn it off at a time turn their phone on it can do all that kind of stuff but it also monitors their text now We get into some problems when you get into like Snapchat, things get a little more tricky. I mean, the answer is there is no safe. There are safer. Nothing is 100% percent full but what can you do? And also you have to realize a lot of kids out there, if they wanna cause a problem, they'll just disarm it or figure it out or get a burner phone. Things happen, so. There is no 100% I could tell you that's 100%, but that's about one of the best I found out there that most parents seem to be very happy with, especially when they first are giving kids some technology because we would never give, like literally, we're not giving our keys to the 16-year-olds, setting them up the street with a car. We're getting in and we're working alongside them. Same thing with the phone, right? How much are we giving them? What's their access? Have you trained them? Have you even told them how to deal with somebody sliding into their DMs? I mean, sending them pictures. Kids are getting pornography pictures sent to them all the time. Are they telling you? Right? My kids, my son as young as nine, had things sent to him in gaming. Like different, I mean... An autistic young child like it's just awful so we we can't protect everything but we can put some protections in line and open the conversations that if you see this get me I will help you this is somebody who is not safe right this is somebody who's not safe and on that line I just feel all of a sudden I feel this need to have to share this with you guys I hope this will help somebody out there if you do not have a code word with your children you need one you need one. When we were growing up, it was a stranger danger thing. However, I can be here here with you. My kids are all in the house. Because your kids are in your home does not mean your children are safe. I need everybody to hear that. They're in your home. It does not mean they're safe. My kids can text me a code word, and I know no matter what is happening right now, I need to be there. It is, or if we are out in public, and they say their code words to me, I know that there's either somebody in this premise who has probably abused them in the past, because both of my children have dealt with that, that we need to leave this situation and they aren't in a position to even give me their, they can't explain it, but we gotta go. We can talk about it later. Or if my son who went out last night with his friends, if he texts me that, no matter, no questions asked, I'm coming to get you taken over, whatever it is. Is there something they can communicate to you that there's a crisis and I need help now that is not them saying that, right? It could be simple as mom, can you get some potato chips at the store?
1: So good, right? So good. So can we get that new Xbox game? Something they wouldn't say all the time, but something that you know. That doesn't seem out of the ordinary. I need to pay attention to. Something that doesn't seem out of the ordinary Mm -hmm. for them to be able to say out in public. But yeah,
0: such good tools. Right. Like, hey, can we stop by and get another Xbox game?
1: So good. One other thing I wanna touch on really quickly is that I know our time is coming to an end, but if your child is dealing with this, I just want to wrap my arms around you, mom, and tell you, you are a good mom. Mm -hmm. Like you are I feel like as moms, because my kid went through this, we dealt with cutting, you know, my, uh, we talk a lot about my two older daughters are my, from my husband's first marriage. And so they came into the marriage with a lot of trauma that happened long before me. And I remember going through it going, am I the only homeschool mom that has kids that has a cut on their leg and their arm? And am I the only one that's been dealing with this bullying and that my kid is hurting like in so much pain.
0: But Jen, you and I as leaders, because we're willing to speak about it and open up. One of the things that really concerned me when I came into the homeschool world was I didn't hear people talking about this. And I'm like, Please tell me you guys don't actually think you're like this isn't happening. I just don't think that people are willing to talk about it. They like that pretty clean. Yeah. Front. but when I'm willing to talk about it, then I go on somebody's podcast who shares what their kids who homeschooled happened. When we all start talking about it, we break down the shame and the embarrassment, and then we can get to real healing and support, but you don't even know how to connect to a community. You don't even know where to start if no one shares their their pain. That's why our family tries to be as vulnerable as we can in sharing that, because I, I didn't see it. It wasn't there. When I came to this the homeschool community um six years ago I guess or whatever five years five six years ago I when I stepped in there was nothing I I didn't hear anyone having these issues no one was talking about mental health or bullying or nothing I mean it just poof it was like and here's our beautiful curriculum and so you know we talked a lot about that but I didn't really and we talked about parenting right? I mean, we talked a lot about that, but we didn't really dive into these hard issues, and I think that that shifts changing. I can feel it slowly that tide is shifting, and as people are willing to share their vulnerability and come together, we are now in a position that people see us as actually humans they can come to, not like I could never be that because we're not perfect like that, right? I roll in like a hot mess every day, but it gets done, It gets done. It just doesn't look like, it doesn't look like the Pinterest perfect homeschool family.
1: Uh, And that's that's what makes you a homeschool CEO. Because one, I mean, right? Like we talk about that a lot. (laughs) We're not Pinterest perfect and that's okay. You know, because we're raising Mm -hmm. the leaders of tomorrow. And sometimes the leaders of tomorrow, we hit these messy middles that we have to go through because that's what's developing our character and our strength and who we are to become on the other side. And then that's when we get to share the stories and we get to go back and take the next person and say, oh, mama, we've been there. You will get through this. Let's do it together.
0: Yeah, so actually, I'm working on a class now, Jen, um, to help parents do what I did, like all the tools that we did, I teach them in workshops, and I teach them live. But I'm actually working on an on demand parent class. So would you come here and you feel this? What are all these steps that we talked about in like an actual action plan? And then how do you know when to introduce things? How do you know where to start? How do you, you feel it? But like, what does it look like? Right? How do we know how to get there? Because coming in and you know your laws, and you've got your curriculum, good luck with that. There's a whole lot of other stuff in the middle that creates success. The success is made in here. It's not made in sending in your paper and picking your next math book. This has to happen before any of the other stuff can be a success.
1: So good. So good. All right. As we close today's episode, tell our audience where they can find you online.
0: So you can find me, probably the easiest place, guys, is at Bully, Broken, Redeemed. So I have Bully, Broken, Redeemed, and I run classes. We have 14 workshops. We have books on Amazon. I mean, I think you can find me most places, but if you start there, you can find me. I also run Reimagine Education Conference. So if you guys are out there and thinking, I want to homeschool, that is a great place for people who, it is literally the place for people who never wanted to homeschool to have their people. It's like, here's your tribe of people, like Jen and me, you know, like we're there, and how do you do it working, and how do you do it when your kids are broken, and how do you do it with an IEP, right, how do you do it for kids with learning differences, and kids who won't get out of bed, and um, so you can find me at those two places.
1: So good, and to end the episode today, I want you to pretend that you're sitting down for coffee with a mom who is Dealing with a child right now that is just so broken, where your son was six years ago, what would you tell
0: her right now? The first thing I would tell her is to be kind to herself because I was really hard on myself and it still gives me tears. Like I felt like I had failed my kid. I felt like I should have known. I felt like, how could this be happening in my house that I didn't know what was going on? How could I not be, you know, I thought I was such a plugged in mom. Be kind to yourself, love yourself. This will work out. Do not even think about the academics or the traditional school right now. Meet your child where they are. Have lots of bubble tea and coffee and walks and I don't know, whatever your kid is into. Meet them where they are that you can just start building their heart back and their self-esteem back and love them in the broken. Don't try to fix the broken. Love them in the broken. It is okay. You don't need to come in and fix that baby right now. You need to hug her neck, be kind to yourself and love them. And when they feel that love and they're ready to be moving forward, they will, but it's not today.
1: So good. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Candice. This has just been so good. Thank you. Thank you.
0: I always love being with you, Jen.
1: All right, friend. If you cried a little. Or a lot during today's talk, you are not alone. Mental health, bullying, and childhood trauma can be a hard thing to talk about. If you are facing this, please know that you are not alone. You can reach out to Candace, you can reach out to me, or you can simply share in the Homeschool CEO community. We are a safe place where you can find love and support and practical suggestions. However, as a quick reminder, our community is not a replacement for you seeking licensed therapy or medical support. If you are facing an emergency crisis or you suspect that your child may be suicidal, please call 911 or the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 and thank you so much for joining us today today. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. See you then. Hey friend, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in today. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to head over to Apple Podcast and leave a review. I really appreciate it. And for more information on connecting with other homeschool CEOs just like you, be sure to check out our website at www.homeschoolceo.com And as always, Team Homeschool CEO, you ladies inspire me. Thank you for always showing others what is possible. You guys are awesome. See you next week.